This is our people podcast telling the stories behind South Tyneside and Sunderland NHS Foundation Trust. Hi and welcome to our people podcast. My name's Harry Newhouse. I'm a PR and social media assistant within the comms team here at the Trust and will be your host for today. Over the next two months, we will be talking to members of staff who are involved with the Big Health and Wellbeing Team Talk. We will be finding out just what that is, how it will help our patients and staff, and what's involved within the campaign. Today's main topic of conversation will be about health literacy, and with me today is Health Literacy Officer Lorna Dawson and Population Health Lead Fiona Kearney. Welcome Lorna and Fiona. So Lorna, could you please explain what your role is here at the Trust and what it involves on a daily basis? Yeah, so thanks for having me, Harry. Um, so my role is a really new role. Um, I don't know if there's uh, uh, many health literacy officers even in the rest of the UK. Um, and I've been here for three months um, and the health literacy work is really new. Um, so I've started um, by actually working out what we should do because health literacy can affect so many different things. Um, so we've had to decide which bit we want to focus on um, for the first year or so. Um, and in the trust, we've kind of chosen written materials um, and mainly patient information leaflets. Um, so the trust has over 900 patient information leaflets. Um, so what I'm going to be doing is looking at um, what kind of levels are they written at at the moment? Um, what reading age are they written at? Um, and then looking at kind of whether and how I can change them um, to make them easier for patients to understand. Um, and then I'm also looking at kind of, we want, we don't we just want the health literacy team to be able to do health literacy. We want everybody to be able to do health literacy. So what support do staff need to be able to do that? Um, so looking at training and then also how, how can we do kind of health literacy longer term? What else can we feed into? And same goes to you, Fiona. Hi, yeah, so I'm a population health lead here at the Trust and I've just started, I'm just new into the role, just um, less than a month in the new post. So my role um, involves working closely with colleagues across the organisation, um, our local system partners as well as regionally as well to improve population health so that our communities are healthier and able to get more out of life. Um, and I think that fits in really nicely because within the health literacy team, so I'll be supporting Lorna and the team, um, looking how we how we can um, implement that across the organisation. So um, prior to starting in post, I've been involved as project lead with uh, health literacy um, for about 12 to 18 months. And that's been working closely with um, a lot of colleagues um, across the system to um, understand what is health literacy, why it matters to the organisation and then what we can do about it. So as part of that, we started then thinking about we need to build a, a team to be able to uh, support the ambitions of the trust. And so that's the start of our journey so far. So you, you mentioned that you explain what, uh, what health literacy is. Uh, I, I'll let you do that. Yeah. So um, there are lots of definitions of health literacy. There's over 200. Um, one that I use quite a lot is from the World Health Organization. Um, so they say that health literacy is um, the personal characteristics and social resources needed for individuals and communities to access, understand, appraise, and use information and services 
to make decisions about health. But that sounds a bit wordy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it still sounds a bit complicated. So for me, I think health literacy is about communicating health information clearly and understanding it correctly. To put it in simple terms, I would say. And it sort of relates to everyone's role here because certainly in the comms department we've been having to uh, to make sure we have a readability of a certain age for our, even our staff magazines for any just anything that we put out in within communication so it's a huge part of what we do nowadays isn't it yeah and I don't think people realize how many strands it cuts it cuts across everywhere so it could be you know um when staff are talking face to face with people and patients um, about the um, the environment of the hospital, you know, our signage to help um, people navigate around the health system. You know, we, we know what certain departments are, but not all patients do. And it's, you know, it, it can be quite a scary time for, for patients when they're coming into to a hospital setting. So it, it, it's not only um, written information, but it's um, the verbal communication as well and all about the signage mm -hmm. as well. So it, it cuts across, you know, people having telephone conversations with patients about being very clear and making, if they've got to give them instructions, making sure that's simple and it's mm -hmm. clear for patients to understand. Because in the NHS we're so used to using jargon and acronyms yeah. yeah. that um, we know because we work in the health system. But, you know, a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. And people just don't like to, to question question people and or ask them to repeat or that they don't understand. So people will just oh, quite often just nod and, yes, I understand, but they don't. <laughs> and um, this is... Uh, this goes in with what we're doing with Big Health and Wellbeing Team Talk. Do you want to explain what that is and, and how the health literacy fits into it? So um, we talked, like Fiona talked quite a lot about understanding. So yeah, if people have good health literacy, um, they'll be able to understand the information they're given. They should be able to understand a little bit kind of about their health. Um, and if they don't understand, as we've said people can feel frightened people can feel scared they don't know what's going on and it's probably a scary time for them anyway so that will affect their health and well-being uh, and if they kind of yeah they're stressed their physical that's going to have an impact on on their physical health but if people do know where to go for reliable trustworthy information if people do understand what that information means um, they can follow that advice, they can do things themselves, they can do self-care um, to help their own health um, outside of the hospital setting um, and that gives them a massive feeling of control and empowerment um, which is, is what we want for kind of patients and their health um, and they can tell us what they need as well so if they understand what's happening to them they can say oh actually um, I, I think I'd prefer it this way or I need it this way so would they like a tablet or, or an injection for example um, they can tell us that and yeah feel less stressed and there's a, there's a better relationship um, and they'll feel like yeah they're getting more out of their care. Sounds really good health literacy uh, but like who so who does it affect and, uh, and how does it affect them? So I'd say low health literacy affects a lot of people um, but we thought rather than kind of telling you outright um, how many people um, it affects,
Because we thought we might do a little quiz, if you'd be up for that. Yeah, I'm definitely up for that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, so um, we've got four questions. Um, so I'll start with, um, these are kind of uh, percentages. So just, and if you're not sure, have a guess. What percentage of adults do you think would struggle to understand health information that was just words? So maybe like a self-help leaflet. So about 20%. Okay, so 20%. 30%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about 30%. So it's a little bit higher than that. Um, so it's about 43% of oh, wow. adults yeah, in England would struggle to understand health information that's just words. Um, now, with that in mind... Um, what percentage of adults do you think would struggle to understand health information that had words in it, but also numbers? So something like medicine instructions. I'll, I'll go a bit higher this time, and mm. I'll go 35%. Okay. Oh. Mm. Um, so it's just under double that, actually. So it's about 61% of adults would struggle to understand that oh, wow. information. Um, and that has uh, massive implications if somebody is having difficulty understanding their, their, their medicines and if they take them wrong. Um, so, like, it can be quite a serious problem. Um, question number three is, what do you think is the average reading age of a UK working, or the UK working population? Well, I'd say probably 16. Okay. Mm-hmm. 16 <laughs> so the average reading age of the uk working population is actually nine to eleven years old um so yeah if we think about all the information that we write Mm -hmm. and i don't think i don't think many people know that or realize that um and if we yeah next time you look at some health information kind of have that in mind um so yeah that's kind of like really shocking um and then last question is um, what percentage of critical information do people forget or do people remember um, after they leave the doctor's office? I forget quite a lot of information <laughs> sometimes. Um, so I'd, I'd go probably about 40%. Oh, that's close. Oh. So, yeah, people forget about half, 50% of what they're told. Um, so that's quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it has massive implications of, yeah, when you go home, if you can only remember half of what you were told, yeah, how helpful can you be to yourself? I think that really emphasises just how important health literacy is and the fact that I've got most questions wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's deliberately yeah. meant to try. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it really and does emphasise it. Yeah, I, I think as well that we, um, I think we will, we'll all have health literacy needs at some point in our life. Um you know, because sometimes it's it's quite situational. You know, so if um, it can be more challenging, obviously, when you're sick or you're in pain, and um, even somebody with normally high levels of health literacy, they might struggle at times to process and understand information. So they're in, if they're in a, um in um an appointment with the consultant and the consultant has given them bad news. Um, you know, they've got heightened anxiety anyway, going in, wondering what what the news is going to be. Um, and as Lorna was saying there, you know, 50% of the information they don't retain. So, you know, you, you're going in already heightened um, and, 
your ears are blocked. And um, so at certain times in people's stages of their lives, they, they will at some point have um, health literacy needs. Could be when they've got a new health condition um, or when they've got multiple health conditions as well, too much information and lots of jargon and, you know, information overload, you know, so we need to try and strip that back and make it as simple as possible for our patients to understand the information. So what does good health literacy look like? So I think going back to that kind of World Health Organisation definition, so it's people being able to get, so the first one is access, um, so people being able to kind of get the information that they need, whether it does giving it to them or whether them being able to go to the library and get online. Um, then it's them being able to understand that information. So kind of uh, as a trust, we're really consciously trying to make the information easy to understand. Um, so using like simple words um, so that if people are stressed, hopefully they can still understand what that means. It's kind of, yeah, maybe around people actually knowing how to check whether information's reliable or not. Um, so in the pandemic, there was a lot of, of misinformation. So knowing um, what, what's fake news, what's not having those skills. Um, and then people feeling empowered, people, people feeling in control of their health because they've got the information to make those decisions and people knowing that, yeah, they're making an informed decision is what I think good health literacy looks like for me. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you're right as well. And I think for people to be actively involved in the care, they need to know um, what to do, how to do it, and um, and why it's important. Mm. You know, and if we can get that across yeah. as simply as possible, that'd be great. And then I guess for an organisation, what does good health literacy look like in an organisation? It's people knowing that there are barriers to people understanding health information and knowing how to overcome those so knowing that we need to write in a simple way or knowing that people might forget half of what's said so checking what they what they remember before they leave or asking do you need to write any of this down um so things like that as you mentioned in the show earlier saying there can't be many health literacy occupants <laughs> out, out yeah. there in the yeah. nhs so like how did you get into this and is it a growing occupancy that you that happening right now yeah um so my background is in libraries um so i'm qualified as a librarian um and so i worked in health libraries for about five years um and i started with health information i had we had like a leaflet collection which is where i'd order in leaflets from say diabetes uk or british heart foundation or mind um, so that public health professionals could come get their leaflets and take them out to stores and things like that um, and then I got a slightly different job, um, it's still kind of in uh, like health libraries, and that was um, teaching people how to spot misinformation, so teaching people to spot good and bad quality health information, but also raising awareness of the problems of health literacy, of those statistics, like running quizzes, <laughs> <laughs> like I've done before. Um, and that was, that was definitely one of my favourite parts of the job. Um, and so when I saw this one come up, it was like nice. Um, so I'm not just raising awareness now, I'm actually kind of changing and making a, a difference. I'm actually able to make some changes. Um, and, and to be honest, so you worked here previously before your yeah, job that you've got now? Yeah, I've, I've, I've worked in the uh, 
trust for about nine years now and so I was project lead um, for one of the for the patient engagement group and um, the theme within the health and wellbeing strategy um, so as part of my project um, health literacy sat under sat under that so um, I got into it really you know there was just myself and Ryan Swise just uh, working out you know so what is health literacy what can we do as an organization and sort of scoping out as a trust you know what what could we do about this um because it isn't new but it is um worldwide you know uh, there's research going back over 20 years or something mm -hmm. but it is relatively new coming into um health literacy coming into the nhs is relatively relatively new um so I got into it that way. It was it was one of my projects that I was supporting the organisation with, so I got into it that way. But I'm really passionate about it because I think it you know it cuts across everybody's role. You know we we're, we're here to look after um, patients, and we all communicate with patients or um, our local communities, and we need to be able to do that simply and effectively. The the very different ways of getting to the sort of job set you're at now, isn't it? And, yeah, uh, um, absolutely. Do you have any tips on how, how to write in a simple way? Yeah, so um, I think, first of all, I would say that the terminology that we use in healthcare can be um, quite confusing for people sometimes, especially when um, people are stressed and they may be struggling more than usual to take in information. And in the NHS, we use lots of jargon and acronyms routinely. And I think we might sometimes forget that this language is unfamiliar to our patients and our service users. Um, so it's just really um, trying to go back to the basics and trying to simplify it and try not to use as much jargon as we do. And I think, um, Lonnie, you're going to do a little quiz with Harry on you. To, um, we, we've, got some, we've got some words here, so we want you to come up with alternative, um, an alternative word. Yeah. So this is a lot of what I do. A lot of what I do is looking for the hard words and trying to think of, of simpler ones. Um, so I thought you put you in my shoes for a, a minute or two. So I've got a, a list of some of the common kind of hard words or long words um, that are used in trust information. Um, so if you could pick a letter, I'll give you a word or a phrase and then you've got to try and think of a simpler way of saying it. I'll go for C. Okay, so hang on. C. Quite a commonly used one is comply with. Okay. So is there a simpler way of saying that? Would that be uh, follow? Yeah, yeah, yes. Well yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want to. I got one right. <laughs> um, do you want to pick another letter? Um, we'll go with S for Sunderland and South Tyneside. Similar to? Similar to. Um, similar to something else? The same. Yeah, yeah. We've got all, all like. Oh, yeah. Just like this. Do you want to do one more? Can do. Uh, well, I quite like this game. Uh, <laughs> go uh, A. A, okay. How about um, abdomen? That's the stomach side of the tummy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well done. Yay! Oh, <laughs> Better than the last one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, definitely a tip is looking at if you've written any information, like try and spot the hard words and try and think of a, an easier way of saying them or how you would say them to a friend who 
didn't have a medical background. Um, and then I think other things that I do when I'm looking through people's writing are kind of making the sentences shorter. Because we tend to try and, well, I say cram in, we tend to try and fit a lot into a sentence and it just ends up being lines and lines and lines. Um, and it's difficult to remember all of those things. So if you just do short sentences with one idea at a time, it's much easier for people to kind of just focus on that one sentence and understand it. Um, and also use kind of short words. Um, so what can, um, can people at the Trust do to help yourselves and, uh, and the rest of the health literacy team? As I'm sure that you'll all be working very hard. <laughs> um, so what we've been working on um, for Health Literacy Month, which is October, um, and for the big health and wellbeing uh, team talk is putting together our intranet page and giving lots of useful information and tips and support for yeah, how people can do health literacy now um, because we are looking through the leaflets um, and we'll be approaching teams kind of when we're uh, editing their leaflets but people can think of health literacy now so I definitely recommend them going to the health literacy page on the intranet um, so it's under the prevention tab um, and we've got a video um, so watch the video it's got Ken, it's got Liz, it's got me <laughs> um, so watch that and also look through the links we've got kind of um, a how to check the readability or the reading age of your document and also how to write in a simple way um, so I definitely recommend checking those things out yeah and I, I, I would echo all of that really and I think the health literacy team um Obviously, you're going to um, provide um, a systematic way to um, for staff to be able to develop and produce health information um, across a trust, which is easy to for people to understand. Um, and we'll be um, doing some um, awareness training as well, won't we? We'll be um, we'll be rolling out some health literacy awareness training over this next year as well so um people keep a lookout obviously we'll be putting it on the staff bulletins once um once we've got it secured for that and and also on the intranet page as well so people can keep an eye out for that and they'll be welcome to, to come along to that so yeah so i i think there's there's going to be lots going on over the next couple of months um and I think the team's going to be really excited to get out and about yeah. across the organisation. And I think, you know, the trust are, are really committed to um, making sure that the health information that we give to patients matches our uh, local reading age. Um, so there's a big commitment from the trust. So lots sounds of work excellent. going on over the next year. That, that, that sounds excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've had plenty of fun here today. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. No, no um, prizes, though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you a prize, Harry. <laughs> um, thank you very much, uh, Lauren and Fiona, for joining us here today and uh, for sharing what you do and uh, showing the importance of health literacy. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Our People podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and check out our other stories. Hit subscribe to keep up with the latest and catch up with what we've been up to on our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. Just search for our name.